0: You're now tuned into the Voice in the Wilderness Podcast. I am your host, Carl Lee. Christ vibes only. Let's get into this episode. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. Today I want to talk about the Holy Spirit, just having the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives and how big of a deal that really is. And I think we can understand the depth of how big a deal that is when we look at the Old Testament and how the Ark of the Covenant was viewed um, before the Holy Spirit was given to us. So, I mean, at that time, before the Holy Spirit was given to us and lived inside of us, before Jesus, you know, died on the cross for our sins, they had the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant was the embodiment of God at that time for the people of Israel. So like that was where the, that was what uh, was behind the veil in the temple. So when they went to the temple, it was because the Ark of the Covenant was there. That was the whole idea behind the temple is that the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant was believed to carry the glory of God. So the Ark of God is what it was. And, you know, what ark, just like in Noah's Ark, the ark was used to carry the animals. And so this was like God's ark. And that's how it was viewed, and that's how they treated it. You know, it had so much prestige, and it was God's gift. It was what God gave them to be able to reach Him. So um, we have to, like, really understand how big of a deal it is that we have the Holy Spirit in us. We don't have to go to an ark to be able to feel God's presence, to talk to Him, to have a relationship with Him. We are able to have a relationship with God just by receiving Him and Him being in our hearts. But like I said, I think it's just very important that we understand how big of a deal it was so we can understand how big of a deal it is to be able to have God in us. And so I want to read this particular story that just shows to me like how big and how important it was that the glory of God was near or that the Ark of the Covenant or the Ark of God was in their presence. And, you know, it just shows reverence it shows um sheesh fear just the fear of god or the understanding of how big of a deal god is and so um in a simple way i'm going to read the story okay wait but before i do i need to set the scene so i can go straight into the passage israel is at war with the philistines once again and it's funny like they go back and forth with them one minute they're at war One minute, um, Israel is, like, worshiping their gods. So, I mean, what do you want, right? Okay, so um, that's where they're at right now. They're at a time of war with the Philistines. And they actually uh, take the Ark of the Covenant. And um, it's like a great slaughter. A lot of the Israelites die. A lot of the Hebrews die. And so this starts off with Eli finding out the Ark of the Covenant was taken and that his two sons were killed in the battle. And so this is 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse 16. And the man said unto Eli, I am he that came out of the army, and I fled today out of the army. And he said, What is there done, my son? And the messenger answered and said, Israel is fled before the Philistines, and there hath also been a great slaughter amongst the people. And thy two sons, Haphna and Phinehas, are dead, and the ark of God is taken. And it came to pass, when he made mention of the ark of God, that he fell from his seat backwards by the side of the gate, and his neck brake, and he died. And he was an old man and heavy, and he had judged Israel forty years. And his daughter-in-law, Phinehas' wife, was with child near to be delivered, And when she heard the tidings that the ark of God was taken, and that her father-in-law and that her husband were dead, she bowed herself and travailed, and her pains came upon her. And about the time of her death, the woman that stood by her side said unto her, Fear not, for thou hast borne a son. But she answered not, neither did she regard it. And she named the child, Ichabob saying the glory is departed from Israel because the ark of God was taken and because of her father in law and her husband. And you know, that's where that ends, but that is to me definitely one of those heavier stories in the Bible, you know, where when you first read it, you're just kind of like, I can't believe that that is in there. And you know, we don't have to worry about somebody coming and stealing the Ark of the Covenant from us. That is not something we have a fear of. But um, a little more background about the Ark of the Covenant or the um, Ark of God is it's been missing for years. Now, and of course, they um have beliefs that it's actually in Ethiopia. I kind of would love to believe that. I kind of do. I want to go to where it is. But um, that's definitely besides the point. We don't have to, like, worry. You know, there was... A, a lot of burden being in a place to where you you feel like this thing embodies the glory of God. You know, God's glory is actually in this. And, you know, the burden that came with that, the man, he heard it happen and he fell back and he broke his neck. This woman was about to have a miscarriage from hearing some information about what happened with the Ark. And, you know, to imagine... To imagine that um all of god was in this this in this box in this ark and so i mean that's just not a light burden that's not something you can just casually carry but the blessing is that now that we don't have this physical box now that we don't have this visual thing that we go to we worship god in spirit and second corinthians three seventeen says now the lord is that spirit and where the spirit is There is liberty. So right away, right away outside of this Old Testament, we have liberty. There's liberation. You know, um, you couldn't step away. You couldn't leave the ark somewhere, you know, but at that time, like, it was possible. You could leave. You could step away from the ark of the covenant, not know where it was. Someone could come steal it. And in the Bible, it was stolen multiple times and there was wars and they and of course it seemed like you know it had its uh benefits but they required so much there was people who died just from touching it but now we get to have the holy spirit within us and with that comes liberation you know and so let me continue and i'm going to read another scripture it says this is romans 15 chapter 15 verse 13 now the god of hope will fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. So, I mean, already, already we have liberty, already we have hope. And, you know, we casually carry these things and, you know, we we go up and down and we we feel down sometimes and we feel, you know, different kind of ways that we feel as people. And, you know, sometimes it's okay to be in a, in a vibe, you kind of feel in some kind of way. But when you have the Holy Spirit and you renew and you go back into and you remind yourself all that the Holy Spirit brings and all that he has placed in us and being able to have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, you don't have to be in these sl- in these wrecks, in these like, you know, little positions, little fillings long, you know, because there was a time when people didn't have that to go to. But we have that to go to, and it's something that we need to utilize as believers. We need to be able to utilize the Holy Spirit and not just, you know, know it and, you know, oh, I'm saved and be so casual about being saved because we're granted a type of relationship that didn't always exist. And sometimes when we don't look back and and know, like, what what it was like before, you forget how good things really are. They didn't always have the Holy Spirit to, to lead and guide them. The Holy Spirit is, you know, it was a gift. It's it's our comforter. And so I'm gonna read John 14 verse 16. And this is Jesus speaking and he says, And I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it because it seeth him not neither knoweth him but ye know him for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you i shall not leave you comfortless i will come with you so like even that alone him saying he will come with us we go from having to hold it to having him come with us in our everyday lives being able to be that peace being able to have that that joy of the Lord in us, with us. He said he would never leave us nor forsake us. And, you know, it's okay that the world doesn't understand how you have your joy, that they might look at you throughout your day and kind of be like, yo, I don't know what's going on with that person. I don't know, they weird. I think they're one of those churchy people. I think maybe they just over the top about God. Like, that's okay because it kind of even brings that up. It says, even the spirit of truth, Whom the world cannot receive because they see Him not. Now, if you can't believe the Spirit of truth, then what are you listening to? What are you seeing? What spirit do you see if you don't see the Spirit of truth? By default, you see the Spirit of lies, deceptions, misunderstanding. In John 16, the Bible, John 16, verse 13, it says, How be it when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit, is the spirit of truth when god when jesus said he was going to leave us a comforter the comforter he was leaving was truth but then he said but everyone is not going to understand this truth because not everybody can see it but for us this truth is in us and there is no middleman. what is a a, what but they don't really talk about when they talk about um you know, what the Jewish people believed in the synagogues at the time of Jesus, they still practiced as though the Ark of the Covenant was there. The Ark of the Covenant in the temple was behind a veil. And they still did all the practices as though the Ark of the Covenant was there. It was covered up. They covered it with a veil because at one point, you know, it was so holy you couldn't just look at it. And then at another point, it ended up being just covering the fact that it wasn't there anymore. And so when Jesus came, and he was crucified and he died, the veil ripped. And it actually exposed that there was nothing on top of that altar, that the Ark of the Covenant wasn't there. That was the reality. That was the reality that there was a there was a disconnect, that even though they were still doing their traditions and that they still were doing their, you know, practices, it, you know, it really didn't carry what it was supposed to and what it did at one point. But so much time had passed, and they were so used to not having the ark back there that they just went through with it casually as though it was normal and maybe still out of reverence, I'm sure. But God knew things were out of place. And that was uh, one of the many reasons why he still had to send the Holy Spirit. And this is the gift that we get to have. You know, truth, understanding, it, it says, like, the world doesn't know. The world doesn't get it, you know, but it's something you have to ask for. It's something you have to grow in understanding and get a hold of. Matter of fact, in Luke chapter 11, verse 13, it says, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? So, to bring it back around, we're in this place where we're able to have the Holy Spirit lead us and guide us. And, you know, we believe it and we have this truth, but somehow still manage to go about our everyday like we don't have the Holy Spirit in us. We fight down and hold down the truth that we know about God and His guidance and His word and His law. And it's not to say that we, like, force it down everybody's throat, but it's the truth that's going to lead and guide us. And the more you look at the world, the more that they are attacking and, and fighting against this truth that we know is the truth. And, you know, a lot like the Old Testament priests who were casually still going about their religious practices, casually still uh, going through their normal routines of how they dealt with the temple, even though even though they knew that the ark wasn't back there they still kept this form of godliness they still had this form and i think you know when when we are not intentional about our whole our presence of the holy spirit in our life if we're not intentional about it we'll casually go about our life and go about our day not tapping into this amazing grace that we have into this amazing peace that we have and you have so many believers that are dealing with, like, different types of things that, you know, in the world is so, like, casually being spoken about. It's just so casually being spoken about how, you know, oh, people are dealing with depression and how we're dealing with this and how we're dealing with that. And, you know, we have this gift of the Holy Spirit. And he says, if you ask, if you ask, I'll give it to you. And, you know, it is a part of when you give your life to the Lord and knowing that we are the temple of the Most High But it's important that we don't just go about our days, go about things, you know, um, systematically and not keep in mind that we are temples, you know, that our body is the temple, that, you know, where we go, what we listen to, what we put in our spirit, our spirit will battle listening to the Holy Spirit or listening to our flesh. Our spirits will battle listening to the word of God or listening to the last song we went to sleep to battle listening to the things that you watched. You know, you could have went to sleep listening to maybe a positive message or the Bible, but you went to sleep watching something and you're actually having nightmares. You know, you waking up and, oh man, I, should, I don't know if I should have watched that. Or wondering why you had that type of dream. What did you put in your spirit all day? Because that's actually what your spirit is going to battle. Now see, the Holy Spirit is with us. He's in us. He's with us. But he does not stop you from being who you are. He doesn't come in and then, you know, uh, wipe you out of your memory and then, you know, you just go from this brand new place and not even be aware. Like he lets you be aware. He lets you know. He lets you know everything that you've been through. He lets you know where he brought you from. He lets you know that he's with you. He's a comforter. He's a comforter in different situations that that we may go through and a comforter in knowing that it's okay that you came from where you came from. You know, it's, it's not to erase Your testimony. God is not, the Holy Spirit isn't to erase your testimony. It's to give you comfort. It's to give you comfort through storms that you have in the past and that you may go through in the future. Like God is a comforter. And sometimes we hold on to the past and we don't know if people can let it go or if we can forgive. And there's this place of hurt for a lot of people. And it's not even in the future, it's in the past. But that's why when He comes and He says, I'm a comforter, He can comfort that. He could even comfort those past places. But it's just being aware of him when we take him places, when we go places, and when we have our goings and our dealings with people, to be aware. And it will cause us to carry ourselves a certain way. It will cause us to look at situations better, differently, not to always look at the worst, look at something negative because somebody brought up something negative. And then we flow with the negative rather than looking at what the Holy Spirit brings, which would change our view, which would make us say, you know, I see how this is going, but, you know, the truth in me that you don't see, I see because it is in me. And the Holy Spirit is going to lead and guide me straight through whatever this situation is. And whatever this problem may be, I'm going to overcome because the Holy Spirit is in me. And it's a beautiful thing to be able to reach into that because I've seen people hopeless. Like I've seen, I have friends where I'm like, like, how have you been? And they're just like, man, you know... I mean, I'm gonna figure it out. You know what I mean? It's like, man, that is sad. But th- but it doesn't have to be because the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift is free. The gift of truth is free. And so, the main point I wanted to push about this is that, you know, even though we can get very comfortable in dealings and dealing with God and having this relationship with God, don't let it get so routine that you take for granted all of the gift that we were given. And being able to receive the Holy Spirit. When Jesus came, we don't, we'll never get to like live the time of the disciples. But we get to have another blessing. We get to have something the disciples didn't get to have immediately. And that's the Holy Spirit. And you know, He's going to lead us and He's going to guide us. And, and even though the times are looking crazy in the world and none of us really know what's going on or where the world is headed, the Holy Spirit isn't a spirit of fear. So no, we don't know, but he gave us truth. God sent us truth. And, he, and, and in his word, he gives us life and he gives us hope. And so even though, you know, times are like crazy, still be aware of that presence inside of you. Watch where you go. Watch what you put in your spirit, because what you put in your spirit, the Holy Spirit battles. It battles for you. And sometimes, you know, you, you will feel like turmoil. You ever go into a place and it's just like, oh, I don't I don't like the vibe in here. I don't like how it's feeling in here. A lot of times we go places and our, the Holy Spirit instantly goes to battle for us or simply just starts trying to warn us. Like, have you ever had that feeling? I do not need to go. Like, I got a feeling something is going to happen or, you know what? I think maybe I need to stay home. And then you ignored it and then, like, it popped off and you was just like, yo... I had a feeling I should have stayed home or even on the flip side, like had a feeling that you shouldn't, that you should, that you shouldn't go and then didn't go and then found out like how bad it went. And, you know, you got to hear all these crazy stories about what happened and how you should be lucky you didn't go. And really, like, that was the Holy Spirit. And he gave you a little bit of truth and he let you chill out. He was like, uh, now you go chill out today. And it's funny, you don't always get that. You know, you don't always feel the urgencies like, should I go? Uh, I don't know. I think I'm going to see. I think I'm going to stay. You know, God still lets you, gives you free will to figure out what you're going to do. But, uh, but he, will, he will definitely kick in and give you some words and give you some urgencies. And we just got to be careful where we take them. You know what I mean? Be careful where you take the Holy Spirit. He's within you, but don't make up, don't put yourself in situations to where you're going to have to be battling something and hoping that you got enough Holy Spirit fed in you to be able to reach for him, you know? And that's pretty much what I really wanted to get at is when we have the Holy Spirit in us, don't be so casual. Let's not be like the Old Testament priest who were going about something in a routine way. We have the Holy Spirit in us. It's a big deal. It's as big as it was in the Old Testament when Eli fell back on his neck and broke it because the ark was gone. It's not going to go anywhere. It is in us now. But that doesn't mean we should be casual about the way we deal with the Holy Spirit, having him in our life, being his children, being being a child of God. So with that being said, I'm about to wrap this up. Have a blessed one.